What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Crossover Podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero, ready to preview the Week 11 game for the Niners with you and to get better insight into the Cardinals and what's going to happen on Monday night. I'm very pleased and privileged to be able to welcome Blake Allen Murphy from Revenge of the Birds and the Revenge of the Birds Podcast. What's up, Blake? Hey, Rob. Good to be here and good to see finally we've got a Cardinals Niners game. I know. It took so long. The Cardinals have played everybody else already. I don't like that. It's really, really weird. Um, I like to play one division game a little, you know, maybe early in the year and then one at the end, like the revenge game, possibly yeah. later in the year. But this one's weird. Technically, it's a home game for the Cardinals, but it's in Mexico City. And that's where I want to start. The Niners are in Colorado Springs as I record this with you, which is about 600 feet lower than where they will be in Mexico City. The Cardinals have chosen to stay in Arizona. I know they're doing some stuff with elevation masks, whatever those are. Do you think the elevation and the altitude will be a factor? I think it's going to be at least some sort of a factor, but then if you're going to say it's a factor, then you could look at everything on a football field as a factor. I don't think it's a thing that at the end of the day, if you say the Cardinals lost this game because they didn't go to a higher altitude. I think there's plenty of other reasons that team can lose games. And part of what Arizona's other issue right now is their health. They've got so many guys who've been banged up, who have been injured, guys who haven't played. Can't help but wonder if instead of going out and practicing, they just kind of wanted to see if they could get a little more work done with the training room for some of those guys, given that it's a Monday night game. They will get an extra day of rest as a result. And sometimes we've seen that extra day is the difference between if you can come or go. Sorry, my alarm just went off. Apologies. Oh, it's okay. I would think that must have triggered that something I said, at least the alarm goes off. <laughs> That's right. That's how it always goes. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I know you have a lot of injuries. Let's start with the quarterback. Is it going to be Kyler? Is it going to be Colt McCoy, 49er killer? Or is it going to be Trace McSorley? Good question. So far from what we've seen, Colt McCoy has at least been practicing in full with at least the first day. I think it was limited practice, but the expectation I think right now has been that it could be up to another week for Kyler Murray. Honestly, last year we saw he was day to day for about three weeks or so. turns out that he had more of a high ankle sprain and a six week injury. Cardinals took advantage of the Thursday night game followed by their bye week and Colt ended up getting three starts. So it's one of those things I've said that, if I had to lean, I would lean toward a Colt McCoy. Uh, he was limited, at least on Thursday, with the uh, knee practice. At least today, we'll wait until that final injury report comes out. But it would not shock me if they do have him go. More likely, you'd have to see Colt McCoy actually be out, and then Kyler Murray be not practicing as much. That makes me think that I would say maybe 60 Colt, 40% chance Kyler, because like we've seen this last year, Cliff can say a player is day to day. And, you know, it could mean that, uh, you know, the world ended and their leg is missing because he just likes keeping that stuff kind of close to the vest. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if Murray ends up being good to go or play out there, but they want him to be able to run. And if that hamstring is going to be a potential further problem or an issue, it wouldn't shock me if they decide to either wait another week or potentially wait till after the bye. They know what they've got in him and, his rushing ability is super important. So I don't think they're going to try to push it too hard. Now, obviously we know Zach Ertz is not going to be out there after suffering a season ending injury. Um, what are some of the other things that Niner fans should be keeping an eye on? I know that uh, Buda Baker is a little banged up, but he played last week, right? Yeah, he played last week. It shocked pretty much all of us. They ruled him out on Tuesday and then he's playing on Sunday. So it's one of those things where it definitely shocked everybody probably 
Uh, I think one of the things to watch for is how Arizona's defense has actually been more of the story than their offense this year, which is not really expected. We thought that with them going out, getting a Hollywood Brown, drafting a tight end in the second round, bringing back James Conner and Zach Ertz. And really, it's been injuries that have decimated both the offensive line, especially the interior. I think they've got like a sixth round rookie made his first start last week because the backup to their backup was hurt. And it's just been pretty abysmal. And then on the offensive side, you've got wide receiver injury and older A.J. Green. And as soon as DeAndre Hopkins is ready to come off that six-game suspension, Hollywood Brown goes down for a month. So Brown's been working at one of those cases where I think that he'll probably go out on Sunday would make a lot of sense. This is right now at the NFC West kind of another do-or-die game for the Cards after they got a win against the Rams last week. Um, Wouldn't shock me at least if you do end up seeing Hollywood go out. And they are definitely a better team, I think, when they do have their whole buffer weapons. But there's a different Niners defense. Um, it's also a different Niners offense. Uh, Vance Joseph on the offensive side of the ball for the Niners, they've done a fantastic job of taking away receivers. Cooper Cup had four catches, 44 yards, two catches for 22 yards for Devontae Adams. Byron Murphy's been hurt. He's been uh, – didn't practice the last few days in practice. He's had a great season. But the Cardinals had good coverage last week against the Rams as well. I think that that may stumble a little more since the Rams have one receiver now, and now they've got, Mm -hmm. you know, zero receivers. But what that meant was tight ends would go off against the Cardinals because they're so focused on preventing those wide receivers. And you look at this, you say Cardinals have struggled with yards after catch. They struggle with tight ends. Oh, you got George Kittle coming to town. No, no problem. No problem. But yeah, that's, that's going to be an issue. I think Niners fans can watch out for because that could be a big key that he's about to go off this week. Yeah, that makes me excited. Let me just tell you, if your problem is you can't tackle people, the 49ers are not the team you want to see because that is their whole system is get the ball as quickly as possible into the hands of Debo and Kittle and McCaffrey now and all those guys. So if that's a consistent issue the Cardinals have had, then you're in a little bit of trouble this week. Yeah, they're 32nd of 32 as far as for allowing yards after the catch. And some of that is it limits big plays that are being made by offenses. But the negative has been that then you're so much needing to have a sack or force a turner. And we've seen with the Cardinals defense, they're not doing very well in stopping the run, not doing as well at stopping the pass, but they win games when they can force those turnovers. The back-to-back pick sixes against the Saints, for example, they got back in the game with a pick against Geno Smith. That's really been the key for Vance Joseph is that they're allowing to give up yards, but they want to then make a big play. So I said at least the key to the game for Arizona is you got to make sure that you make those big plays, and key for the Niners is don't be that guy who makes that critical error. We saw last year, fumble by George Kittle first Mm. quarter, Fumble by Brandon Ayuk first quarter. Arizona goes up 14-0. That pretty much ended the game because they just allowed James Conner then to kind of run out the clock and manage the rest of the game. And Colt McCoy got another NFC West win. It's just the strangest thing, at least for how that streak just keeps going year in and year out. Those are the things that stick out to me about that Colt McCoy game. It's just one him beating the defense, but then also... Eno Benjamin taking the soul of Dre Kirkpatrick on a long touchdown run. And now Arizona has cut Eno Benjamin, who played well for the Cardinals. Can you explain what is going on there? Oh, yeah. Well, the news, uh, most of it came from Kyle Odegaard, a former team writer, said that his sources have said that 
there was a difference in opinion between how many snaps Eno wanted to get with the Cardinals versus what they have with the lead back in James Conner. He got no snaps overall on Sunday, was out of the game plan. Mm-hmm. And I think I look at the two sides of it because I think there's one side where you say the coaches are preaching, we got to stay together, we got to be in this, doing it for the team. You look at an A.J. Green. He's gone from being this you know, future Hall of Famer to he has two catches. Now, one of them is from fourth down. The other is a touchdown catch, which most Cardinals fans were surprised he came down with. He's just really struggled to separate, <laughs> struggled to get downfield. They thought, all right, we can bring in Robbie Anderson to help with that. Well, Robbie Anderson has, I believe it is, uh, is it three catches for minus four yards and seven targets with two critical wide open drops. So they've just had struggles. And yet A.J. Green's been fine taking a back seat for a younger player, Rondale Moore, to get a lot more of that work outside. So if you say, well, if A.J. can do it, then Eno Benjamin, James Conner could go down tomorrow and he's back in a lead back role just to try to push for snaps. Uh, that's something you got to say. Maybe it's going against what the coaches have. Maybe it's in a big stir during like a, a training camp or something, just a big enough incident. And then you look at it from the player standpoint, like Eno's, he's got no guaranteed money left in his contract. He's played well. He's probably looking and saying, hey, if you're just going to give the role back to James Conner, how am I supposed to cash in on a deal? Like this is something that I've worked my way toward being able to be a part of this. And he's going to want to try to get the best foot forward either with the Cardinals or with another NFL team. And unfortunately it's one of those spots where whatever incident, the Cardinals were not able to work it out. I feel like that they should have been able to from one side or the other. But I said, when you look at both sides like that, there's a great argument that, you know, probably was right that he could be splitting or getting more carries. And that the coaching staff was probably right in, if you got a seventh round pick that, you know, you got a sixth round pick waiting in the wings, who's 220 pounds, ran a four or five. That's maybe at least going to be a better overall second back than, you know, then maybe it's easier for them to cut bait, send a message to the team. Like we want to make sure we're sticking together. End of the day though, Cardinals get worse as a result of not having, Eno on the team. And he was a fan favorite having played at Arizona state. So now offensively, regardless of who the quarterback is, how is Arizona going to attack the Niners? Is it all going to be with Hopkins and now Hollywood and potentially Rondell Moore coming out of the slot? Well, last week, the way that they attacked the Rams was they had a lot of help that was given to essentially against Aaron Donald. And when you look at the Rams, that was kind of the best pass rush that they had. And when you're able to block Aaron Donald, that was basically step one. He wasn't able to blow up as many plays. But they didn't run the ball. Their interior of the offensive line has been down to, you know, rookies and backups and a street free agent belly price. What they really focused on going into the week was not making mistakes and Colt McCoy getting the ball out quick. He had the second quickest, I think, time of getting the ball out in usually about 2.3 seconds or less for the entire game. So the idea was we're going to read the field, go to which guy we're going to, and just have this quick ability to move down the field. So that way we don't have to have the defense, you know, constantly getting at our quarterback because our line's so depleted. They also connected on a couple of long bombs, but really Colt was only going closer to the line of scrimmage with Rondale Moore, getting some yards after the catch, and then essentially making some of those clutch plays on third and one to then let James Conner run up the middle. Keeping the opponent's offense off the field was huge. I think that they're going to have to have the same game plan this week of having the quick release, the quick game, being able to make sure that they're getting yards after catch. But it's a different team that you're talking about from the Rams who last week, the Cardinals after one play, I think, or two series were like, Oh, look, there's David long standing over there. They threw three straight passes his way. Cause he gave <laughs> so much cushion up with that quick passing game and hit him, burned him for a touchdown. 
Then you look at the Niners and their secondary. Emmanuel Mosley is out, and he had been doing well, but they still have a much better, I think, secondary with Charverius Ward and multiple pass rushers on that front. I think that's going to be a much tougher challenge. And now that film is out, it's one of those areas where if Arizona is going to be able to have this type of game plan, they have to basically play almost not almost to a standard of perfection. And that's one of the things that's going to be really difficult to do when you're talking about the talent disparity is last week, they were able to pull it off. They got a lead. We're able to run it down. It's going to be a lot harder to do that against this Niners team. Not just because I think the defense is much better, but because their offense isn't going to be John Wolford running out there with uh, however many other players you want to talk about getting one last second touchdown to Van Jefferson is basically the main score of their day. That's one of the things where this is going to be a challenge for the Cardinals. The Niners offense has not been great. They kicked three field goals last week with a combined yardage total of 66. So that just tells you they can get down the field. It comes down to what they do in the red zone and whether or not they can cash in. They haven't really been able to do that. I have made the argument that if Kyler Murray did start in this game, if the 49ers got up a couple of scores, I feel like, honestly, Kyler kind of gets demoralized a little bit and he kind of packs it in. And maybe I'm just, you know, biased from the playoff game and the images last year of him on the bench against the Rams and how he didn't want to go back into the game. But I feel like, with, especially with the way this season has gone for Arizona, that there is there is a, a game script where the Niners can get up by a couple of scores and the Cardinals just say, damn, you know, okay, it's not our week. Get back at it next week. Is that, do you get the vibes from your team or am I just off base here? And if I am, please tell me. No, I think there may be a little vibes, but some of what I think it turns into is more of a combination of when you look at the Cardinals and what their offense has been the last few years, the best thing that they've had has been their rushing attack with not just Kyler Murray's legs, but being able to have a run game. You've seen Kenyon Drake go off for big yards. They've re- revitalized James Conner's career. What's come to the passing game, it's kind of been down to those explosive plays, and you kind of can see that when Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals get down, They end up having to really throw the ball to get back in, and they don't really have the ability to necessarily run the ball the same way. They kind of have to abandon the run almost. And so then what you'll see is the Cardinals will spread teams out, and then what that will do is it will leave suddenly a matchup that the defense loves because they can just pin their ears, rush at the passer at Kyler Murray, and there's basically nothing that the Cardinals have been able to develop to truly stop that. So I think it's a combination of both. Yeah, the Cardinals are best as front runners. When they can have more of a balanced attack, that's one of the areas, and it's partially because I think they've been lacking some in the passing game. It's been one of the questions people have had about, is Cliff Kingsbury like a good coach? Is he this 500 coach? Is he holding Kyler Murray back? How much of it is Kyler Murray having to be able to adjust and change? And we've seen some great comebacks from Arizona at a time or two, but for the most part, a lot of it is that they just do their best when they're able to, like most Sean McVay teams, be able to get that lead in the first half and run the ball out. I think some of as far as whether the interest or the being down, some of that is just because it's natural for a quarterback. Kyler doesn't like to take hits. He knows he's smaller. Uh, A quarterback like Russell Wilson took enough hits that now we've kind of seen the product of what that can turn into. He's a guy who wants to be able to stay on the field. And when you end up getting back there and taking hit after hit, sack after sack, just because guys are pinning their ears back, I think it gets demoralized whether it's Kyler Murray back there or as we saw last year, Cardinals got down by, I believe it was 14 to seven to the Carolina Panthers. Panthers went down, scored again, and that Colt McCoy led offense. 
could not get back in the game at all. They ended up losing that game 34 to 10, and that ends up standing out as the, oh, like, this is why Colt McCoy is not the starter type of game for <laughs> the cards. And especially their fans, who, well, I'll say a lot of them were really, like, excited, at least when Colt McCoy came out there, because there's a lot of people who were not happy with the contract situation and how Colt McCoy, he's got a 2-in-1 record as a card starter. They at least maybe feel like that if he gets a win this week, it's going to turn into maybe some form of a controversy. I have a feeling that it's probably going to be a little different since they went against the Rams last week. It's it's going to be a little bit different, I think, if Colt McCoy goes off for 400 yards against the Niners. That would be one of those places where we're like starting to talk about like you know winning the lottery or something like that, I think. Last question. I know that, that the cards re-upped with Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. But I also feel like Cliff's seat is kind of getting a little hot there, as weird as that sounds. Is that all from the outside, or is there a little internal pressure on Cliff? Like, hey, man, you got to start winning some of these games. Yeah, I think there's always internal pressure on Cliff, just because in part there's just pressure on the Cardinals, the way that they went about hiring him, even with the last year where they were able to turn in a winning season. You've seen some of these downward slopes and spirals they get into if guys have gotten hurt or if there's been areas of adjustments and ultimately right now, if you look at their record, they're basically five and 12 in their last 17 games. So if you're talking about that span of a season, mm. that's really not great. It's like the had a great seven and zero start. It was a bad finish to the year. And that slow opening start without DeAndre Hopkins, I think has been heavy. The hard part, like you said, is how much of that you can look at then and say like Cardinals chose to run it back this year. They paid their quarterback. They decided to kind of go ahead and keep their offensive line intact of, 30-plus-year-old guys. Um, they had the opportunity to, you know, draft a Tyler Linderbaum, weren't able to trade and get a center in the second round. And you just kind of seen at least some of the attrition of the Cardinals from where they were a year ago, kind of how the Rams were very similar. They ran it back, and uh, the ball not only didn't bounce their way, but a couple of knees probably bounced off of the turf and got guys set up in the training room. So I think the hard part is you don't know as far as if it's going to be an all-or-nothing type of deal because – Michael and the GM are very close. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, at least from everything, he's that, that coach you kind of want to see succeed because of trying to come forward with humility, trying to change, trying to be that type of guy who will wear it on his chest afterwards. And you look at Kyler Murray, and it just has felt like to me, and I said this when they were all signed, I don't know if Kime, Kyler, and Cliff, all three, can kind of work together long term. So you may have to kind of make a choice. Like, is Cliff's system good and Steve's there and Kyler's not, you know, Maybe that study clause is for a reason, or are you going to have to kind of be the Cardinals and say, look, like we've not really had a solid veteran coach who's been able to take this job or has wanted to take this job. Maybe you got to start fresh for the most part. You know, you've got some talent. Try to go and get one of those coaches that's going to be able to come from outside, be able to kind of renovate the rest of your cards team. And a lot of that will depend on if ownership is able to kind of take a step back. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff people talk about. Michael Bidwell's involved with, pretty much everything in the Cardinals organization. He's an involved owner. How much of that is something a coach can step into? And Michael willing to kind of bring all of that in, especially when you've already paid those guys for the long haul. And that's uh, that's where this season clearly did not go how the owner intended, having the Super Bowl in his home building. You can follow him on Twitter as long as that exists, at Blake Murphy 7 from Revenge of the Birds and the Revenge of the Birds podcast. Blake Allen Murphy, thank you very much for the time. 
Hey, glad to be on at least for that one. I, if I had to give a score prediction, I said, I hope it's a 24-20 Niners game. Would not shock me if it's a 34-20 type of Niners game, similar to that Panthers game last year. So if I'm wrong, then that's good for my Cardinals fans. And if I'm correct, the Niners fans at least, you'll have heard it from me first. <laughs> Thanks, Blake. Thank you so much.